Hey there, welcome to Opinions. My name's Harry. And my name's Ben. Welcome back to episode 13. Could be unlucky, yeah. could be lucky. We'll Jeez. have to see. Maybe we should have skipped 13 and that's the one we should have, <laughs> we should have skipped. Uh, uh, today's episode is called A Small Town Russ in a Big City. Because <laughs> we're going to talk yeah. about Russ and Lakers uh, later. So stay Along tuned. with some other teams too. <laughs> no, but it's it's where I'm changing the podcast, Ben. We're going to become the Lakers podcast, and we're only going to talk. Pinion. Yeah, <laughs> so so we're only going to talk about the Lakers. Oh but, no! But no, we're not going to actually do that. Let's let's just get straight into it. I think we're going to play my favorite one. In breaking news, we can confirm that Ben Simmons still hasn't taken a jump shot. And we are halfway through the season, still has not set foot on a court. What's up with that, man? That's, uh, that's it's insane. So let's let's go straight into some Ben Simmons talk because there's been a lot yep. of talk, but not much doing still. And mm, yep. I, I can't wrap my head around if he's actually going to get moved or not because there's just a lot of rumors, there's a lot of leaks. Let's talk about Ben Simmons. Apparently, the Sacramento Kings have made Ben Simmons trade target numero one uh, with Mm -hmm. Sabonis uh, as number two. And the rumor is that the Kings will make a big move before the trade uh, deadline. Apparently, there's a lot of apparentlys and maybes, but apparently the Kings are also considering trading for Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, which I... That's a lot of contracts to take on. <laughs> I don't know. Like, do they have enough stuff to give back? Like, that. I, I Honestly, don't with, with how much the Sixers are expecting, probably not. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, like you said, you take these kind of reports with a grain of salt because you never know. But, I, honestly, I wouldn't hate it because the Kings have to do something. Uh, I just... Just yeah, I think they're they're kind of sitting borderline play in at the moment, but it's still just not turning around. They're on the longest playoff drought ever, so yeah, it's it's, it's not good. Like I just don't know how they could take Tobias and Ben Simmons without throwing De'Aaron Fox in there. I just mm. like I'm looking at and salaries. Surely they would have, yeah, surely would have put Fox on their blacklist and not take. So surely you'd hope so. It's like, yeah, so they've got Buddy. So like the the big three earners wise is buddy healed at 22 million dollar mm. salary you've got De'Aaron fox on 28 then you've got harrison <laughs> barnes at 20 million so yeah it would have to be some kind of combination of those two or three and i just don't know if that's I mean, what philadelphia they, wants exactly i mean philly's asking pretty much as much as they can for simmons and I mean, if if the Kings end up giving everything up, then I think they're back to square one anyway. So, have to be a bit smart. You did say that Sabonis was number two on their list. I, I think that Sabonis should be number one on their list. To be honest, I think no question about that, because uh, I think that could actually be quite a good fit because they got a lot of young guards. Um, Fox obviously not quite as young now, but Fox you got Halliburton uh, obviously got healed, like you said as well. So maybe a bit bit more in the big department is what they really could use. So. I think but that'd they, be a great fit. Fox and Sabonis could look good on the court. So mm. that's that's the King's offer. The uh, Pistons mm. have apparently offered Jeremiah Grant. Um, Jeremy Grant, yeah. 
Oh, Jeremiah, Jeremy. Can't people spell things normally? Gosh. Um, <laughs> yeah, Bay, Kelly on Nick, and a first-round pick, which uh, the rumors back back out is that Philadelphia didn't like that offer at all. And then... <laughs> and then that's Jer- actually crazy, because I think that's more than generous, really, but... And Man. look, I don't know about Bay. I, I know Kelly's Omnic's okay. Like he's not amazing, but he's okay. I, man, yeah. I don't know anything about Sadiq Bay. Who who is he? What is is he? Do you know anything about I mean, him? He's a younger player. I think he's only in his I think second season now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, shown some some potential. I think he's a forward. Um, yeah, uh, no. I mean, perhaps a prospect. I think he is playing a decent amount this season obviously the pistons have plenty of um plenty of time for their young guns this season uh what's his yeah, he's averaging about 15 points so decent scoring uh, wing player i suppose but Which, yeah i mean philadelphia looking aren't happy philadelphia looking to win now they don't want a prospect yeah uh, apparently yeah, exactly. the um Apparently, Indiana have offered Sabonis, and that didn't move the needle. Apparently, I don't know. But then, um, where does shocked. Sabonis fit into their already kind of blood? Mm. Like, you know, another person for the paint? Probably, like, Sabonis is good, but they kind of don't that's need him. That's a fair point. Because, yeah, I mean, that's just more clogging up the paint. I mean, he can he can shoot to some extent, but maybe not what they're looking for. I think you're right. Probably more in the guard department they'd so, be after. After, after mm. the uh, the Pistons offer leaked, Jer- Jeremy Grant was uh, released. A, well, someone from Jeremy Grant's team was like, Jeremy has little interest in joining a team where he doesn't feature as a primary offensive option, pretty much being like, do not trade me. Yeah, in other words, hell no. Nah. I he... mean, he did actually play for the Sixers uh, earlier in his career, funnily enough, I think, but and... not happy to go back there. Look... And I think, and he's also said he wants a max deal or a max extension next time he's he's up for an extension. Mm. So, and yeah. there's a lot of people that make moves on winning a championship. And Jeremy Grant, I honestly, I, I don't think he cares about championships. He wants to be the number one person on the team. That's all he yeah. cares about. And he cash. wants to get that bag, pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> like which he, is interesting because I mean, we've seen a lot of guys who probably could have. I mean, even like. Like Griffin on the Pistons, uh, like he was one of the slightly larger players there. Moved onto the Nets, pretty to much yeah, championship glory. Yeah, I mean we see a lot of players do it, but Jeremy Grant, he's like, nah, I'm staying here. I want, I want my minutes and I want my money. <laughs> yeah, pr- pretty much. Because wasn't Jeremy Grant previously with Denver? Was that? Have I remembered that correctly? He, yeah, he he was with Denver for a short stint. He, uh, I think, prior to Detroit, he was. And then even yes. in OKC, I think that's when he got his uh, all-star appearance, I think, at OKC. So that's when he kind of t- turned the tables from his early days in Philly, being a bit of a bench player to really stepping it up. Yeah. So now he's, I guess, finally made it into a big role where he's pretty much the best he, player on the team, more he, or less, next to Cade. So. Yeah, he left Denver, which was a pretty good team mm-hmm. at the time, so he could get minutes yeah. and exactly. be number one. So mm. interesting to see that. So mm-hmm. yeah, I don't... I don't think Philly are going to take a risk on on Jeremy Grant when he doesn't want mm. to be a second fiddle. Uh, and That's right. the biggest, and I've even put this in like extra extra quotation marks. Apparently, <laughs> James Harden is open to the possibility of relocating. He wow. has a player option next year, so. Ooh. He can bail next year if he wants to. If the Nets do, that's interesting. And I'm 
getting those championship hunting vibes from James at the moment. Like he is mm. trying to make moves to get him a chip. And if Yeah. And he's he's not running out of time, but you know, the time isn't on his side. <laughs> yeah, I mean firstly it, it sounds crazy because it seems like the Nets are a magnet for players to try and go and, and win a chip. So it sounds crazy for him to leave, but I mean it's not I don't know, it's not that crazy, to be honest. He's, I mean, he's into his, what, about, what, 14th season, I want to say? Yeah. Uh, 12th season. Okay, I wasn't too far off. So, I mean, he has been around a while. He's definitely getting to the age you see with a lot of players where they're like, okay, I've played some minutes. I'm ready to get ready to get a, a chip. So, but I mean, he's still surely got good good shot on the nets. They've dropped a little bit recently. But, but... with the whole Kyrie problem, that's... Mm. Kyrie's pretty much in an interview recently just said he's not got like he's not getting vaccinated no matter what which mm. I, I know and there's, that gives them half the games with Kyrie half without and, and then a, you just got KD it's mm. it's it, honestly I really feel like Harden staying for another year really depends on how one crazy Kyrie seems throughout all of this and two how far the Nets go in the playoffs mm. I if, mean they they should theoretically make a deep run, but looking at how the East is going, there are honestly chances that people could knock them off earlier than we expect, I think. Especially so, if they're missing Kyrie. Yeah. Like, they... I don't mm. want to say they need him, but they kind of need him. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I mean, they've had some guys step up in his absence, uh, but, yeah, they still do the, need that, the, that big three. The way the... Yeah, the team was designed to have the big three with, like supporting cast because the supporting cast really doesn't have enough oomph to make up for Kyrie. Mm. I mean, they've, they've definitely got good role players in like Harris and Mills, um, even Griffin when he's actually playing okay, but... But it's uh, not Kyrie. Yeah, I mean, it's not... It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think they definitely do need so, him. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, so, and, uh, so then there's been rumours that Brooklyn might try and trade Harden to get something back for him before he walks, which obviously makes yeah. sense. Uh, yeah, and then the idea is there's, there's been mentioning of Ben Simmons for James Harden, which is funny because previously when Harden was leaving the Rockets, that was pretty much a, a very discussed potential trade, and at the I, time it seemed kind of plausible, but now it seems like you're just throwing away Harden <laughs> to get the, Simmons. The, the Rockets GM was n- apparently never going to to trade Harden mm. to to Philadelphia to Daryl Morey, but. Yeah. I kind of like this trade. I it, mm. it, like Nets need more defense. Ben Simmons. They've got mm. enough shooters that they should be able to cover the gap that Ben create. Like you know, oh. Ben obviously isn't a shooter, but like he's surrounded by shooters. At first, I was going to say you're crazy, but I'm actually liking the sound of this. The more I hear it, he can be a mini Westbrook. If, yeah, they if both they kind of fit on their teams. If they, if they sag off Ben Simmons, he can start driving, and then if he can't get anywhere, he can pop it out to four other people. Imagine KD playing more off-ball. Not that you need to play him off-ball, but... Mm. <laughs> but, I mean, uh, catch and shoot is deadly. And you have, yeah, you have guys like Harris Mills. You've got shooters around, around Simmons. And honestly, that's not a bad fit. And then that also fixes Philly's problem where they, they need, need a really handle. solid guard. Yeah, they need a ball handler, get the ball to Embiid, but also there to just pretty much get get buckets and, and be the second man to Embiid. And Ooh. hard, well, like Embiid can play off a ball, like ball dominant guard. Embiid doesn't need the ball yeah. in his hands to be great, but 
yeah. Harden might want a little bit more time with the ball in his hand, seeing mm. as he has to share a lot with KD and Kyrie. That could be interesting. So, that could be interesting. I think there definitely need to be a few uh, few other players chucked in the mix, maybe some picks to make it make it balance, but oof, that could work. That could work. Yeah, I, I had the same thing. I was like, that's crazy. And then I was like, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, hold up. Like, you know, <laughs> the Nets, not that the Nets need an amazing ball, ball passer, but it won't hurt them. And then yeah. you get and a bit more defense. Uh, like, what and, could be interesting too is... At the standings as as it is now, if we were to go into the playoffs right now, the Sixers and the Nets would be seeing each other in the first first round. <laughs> that would be juicy. That would that be would so juicy. Be, that would be so. That's the that's the Ben Simmons discussion. Let's quickly, very <laughs> quickly, we've got a lot to talk about, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, so the original Bol Bol trade to Detroit was voided due to an issue with a physical exam in which Bol Bol mm. has since announced he's getting surgery on one of his feet. Uh, yep. But since then, Denver, Boston, and San Antonio have made a three-way trade where John, John Ho? Juan? Oh. <laughs> one Hernan Gomez is probably easier. One chair one Hernan Gomez. Yep. Uh, it goes to the Spurs. Sorry, sorry, yep. Juan. I, I don't, I'm not good at pronunciation. Uh, Forbes goes to Denver, and Bobo and PJ Dozier go to the Celtics, mm. which hmm. I feel bad for Bobo because going to Detroit would have been better for him. Yeah, uh, I mean, because he definitely was after more playing time. He didn't feel like he was utilized enough on Denver, so Detroit would have been better. He's not going to get it at the Celtics. Yeah, I mean, I can kind of see the Celtics just doing the same as what they did when they had Taco Fall. Yeah. Like, kind of that project could pan out, could not. So it's sounding like it could just be just, similar he's just there. Be another, he's just going to be another trash minutes guy. Sorry. Mm. Celtics don't have space for him. They've got Al Horford. Yeah, not really what Paul wants, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, honestly, yeah. the way the Celtics are, they're sitting in 10th kind of borderline at the moment. Maybe they'll... They'll take a risk of giving him a couple of minutes, see if they can mix things up. So Maybe. And then mm. last trade is the Atlanta Hawks trade Cam Reddish to the New York mm. Knicks for a protected 22, 2022 first rounder, which I thought was um, pretty interesting because I thought Cam Reddish was mm. a pretty decent player for the Hawks, but apparently Mr. Reddish hadn't been mm. happy with his with his uh, position in the Hawks. He wanted a bit more. Uh. And they were like, well, we can't give that to you, so we're just going to move you, which I think opens up some space and indicates that the Hawks are looking to make some moves before the trade deadline. Mm, That could be interesting. I mean, first of all, I think it's fair enough because they did have guys like DeAndre Hunter and things like that, some other young wing players. So I think it's fair enough that Reddish can can move on, maybe get a few more minutes, and especially with New York with some guys that... Aren't getting as many minutes or playing as well as they thought. <laughs> New York needs needs <laughs> help, so it's not a terrible exactly. risk for New York to take him on. Mm. Oh, definitely. Uh, but yeah, I think those two teams. It's interesting that they are making little moves like that because they're both sitting at the moment outside the playoff playoff picture or play-in picture. Yeah. So maybe hoping little adjustments or maybe like you said, all setting up for a bigger three move. Three of the like all uh, all four of those teams. Celtics are out. New York yeah. Knicks are out. Atlanta are out. Spurs are definitely out. I don't I don't think mm. Spurs will will make it though. <laughs> but no, I think they're a bit past it. So yeah, I mean that that could be interesting. Uh, yeah, well I guess we'll keep an eye on the Hawks and also keep an eye on New York because I think yeah, honestly Reddish could be a decent fit. Maybe a bit of a backup for RJ. 
Uh, yeah, I guess we'll have to watch we'll have how to, that pans we'll out. Have to see. Let's let's talk about the East. What's been happening in the East, Ben? Well, I guess first things first. I, while we're on the Hawks, uh, to a good segue. Uh, interestingly enough, they had lost ten straight games at home, which was, I mean, surely you want to be stronger at home than away. But they had lost ten straight. They finally got a win against the Bucks, so they've broken that that streak. But seven of their eight next games are home games, so we're gonna have to see if they can keep that consistency at home. If they don't, it's just looking really bad for them. They're in 12th currently, and they're actually a few games behind New York as well in 11th. So their playoff hopes, I mean, we are only halfway through the season, but playoff hopes are not looking good for them. So, I mean, unless they, like you said, unless they line up a move, not looking great. Looking great for them. Mm. Uh, I guess just quickly at the top, it's been mostly the same. The Bulls still are on top. Uh, they have actually gone on a four-loss streak, though. They've but really maintaining their the last couple of days, cling, really really just, yeah. struggled. Mm. Uh, yeah. I think oh, I think you mentioned that Levine has He's been out. ruled out though. He, he yeah. had a knee clash with someone, and, and the scans Ooh. have come back. He hasn't got any damage, but he's still out at the moment. Um, Lonzo's yeah. out, and they're missing a lot of people. The the Bulls, yeah. it's just they've never. They have been very on and off with who's been available, whether it was the they've protocols never... or injuries or yeah. yeah. Um, so you've got Patrick Williams is out, Derek Jones Jr. is out, Zach Levine's out, Javonte Green, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, mm. and Tyler Cook. So those are... Which is, honestly, the majority of their players is pretty much just DeMar trying to it's... carry the load at this point. And uh, Vooch. <laughs> and Vooch, of course. Which, Vooch he, he he's, a very, he's been very up and down this season, and I think he mm. definitely plays better when he's a very comfortable 4 for third or fourth option yeah i think a... he is slightly used to a bigger role i mean his time on the magic and even his first season with the balls where it was really only levine so i think it is probably a bit of a ju- an adjustment period well if, uh, if anything, I, mean, I think he goes better when there's less pressure on him because he's not mm. playing well when it's just when he is the second option so i'm like that's i'm saying that if the rest of the right. team was here there'd be less pressure pressure on vooch to perform and mm. he can try and be a little bit better as a third or fourth option behind DeMarvelous and Andy, uh, not Andy Levine, Zach Levine. <laughs> I mean, I would like to see that happen. Though. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah. at the moment he's kind of a second option and he's really not pulling his weight. So I'd, I'd like to see him go down mm-hmm. to like a third or fourth option behind some people. And mm-hmm. hopefully that would fit in a little bit better than that's fair. Yeah. I mean, just... at the moment, they still do have their cling on the on the top, but they are slipping, so I guess we'll see if he, he can thought... step up or I'm have honestly, to wait until reinforcements come back. honestly surprised that he, uh, mm. they're still there. Honestly, I thought they I would have dropped down by now. probably attributed to a couple things because the Nets have actually slipped a little bit. They're only four and six in their last ten games. Uh, they had a couple of chances. I think they're actually playing the Cavs, who, funnily, funnily enough, are playing pretty strong. They're staying in fourth at this point. Uh, but yeah, the Nets had a game. Uh, Harden turns the ball over. Yep. Cavs seal the game. So they they are looking a little shaky. Like like we said, really dependent on Kyrie. Uh, so they're the, they're hanging in there too. But the Cavs mm. are seven and three of the last ten. Mm. They've beaten the Nets, um, the Jazz, and the Thunder, Spurs, and Kings, which aren't as big of a deal. But <laughs> Hmm. Still... But I mean, they are beating big teams too, which but is they beat pretty Bucks, crazy. Without uh, last week, yeah. 
Like they're holding their own. And I mean, we I think we expect a little bit of a drop once Rubio is out, obviously Rondo filling in, but they've they've kind of stayed in there and they've had some of their guys really, really stepping up in this period. And right. I, I thought they'd drop, but I wouldn't be surprised if they stay probably fourth till the end of the season if they keep Rondo, this up. This is Rondo's really out at the moment. He's only played uh, three games with Cleveland. The win against Portland, the loss to Golden State, and the win against the Sacramento Kings. And they've literally lost lost Rubio and continue to play at this this level pretty much. So, I mean, it's 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 great to see. I think we'll um we'll continue to see them probably keep this up, especially if you've got these other teams around them slipping a little bit. Uh, the Bucks are on a two loss loss streak at the moment. So it's it's anyone's game in the East, as we were saying early in the season. It's it's still up for grabs. Look, Kevin Love still playing well. Um, <laughs> the Cavs are just playing all the big men, like against the Sacramento Kings. <laughs> they literally started Garland as point guard. Then they had Mobley, Allen, um, Makinen, and who are you? Lamar Stevens, who's a full <laughs> center, oh, wow. center so forward, that... power forward, <laughs> point guard. They've been running the three bigs, but now they're almost running a four big lineup, which yeah. is just insane, but kind of amazing. And then, uh, then they, have, and... they have Love and Wade, who are both power forwards coming off the bench, and then Osmond's mm. a, uh, a small forward. Yeah, he's kind of like a point point forward, but they have a big lineup, and and it's cool to see that different tactic working yeah, as opposed working. to a lot of these small ball so, lineups. Yeah. So yeah, Cavs cool. are are super interesting. Just seeing. Oh, one hundred percent. I am gonna be real. I like. I hope they. Ke- like, I, we we've mentioned before that we sort of have to take them seriously now. <laughs> yeah. They, they're not moving anywhere at this stage of the game. I gotta, I gotta make this another good segue across to taking things seriously with the Western Conference because the Grizzlies, as we as we had last week, we had a bit of an update on them, but they're still looking really, really strong. Still uh, their winning streak was finally broken, finally broken by the Mavs, but they're still looking terrifying. I, I mean, I, I had a feeling this was really going to be their breakout season. Last season, they obviously only just made it into the playoffs. had a feeling they'd be quite confident slots in, but I didn't expect them to be third, Dude, to, be, to be quite honest. third. They are four yep. and a half games behind the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, and that's third in the West, but also third in the league as well. Uh, I I think they're honestly a lock for for probably a deep run to the playoffs. I think that's maybe a bit of a big call, but I think we're seeing both their stars. Obviously, Jars playing out of his mind, but honestly, their bench. I think a lot of these guys are stepping up, and I think obviously season is one thing. Like we see with teams like the Jazz and. Uh, play well in the season, go to the playoffs, it's a different story because I think having a bit of a young lineup, probably not quite as experienced as you hope, but maybe that little taste last year was enough to, to give them some, I guess, some kind of grit and, and hardiness to stay in there. Is, uh, is yeah, fire still on his rookie contract? I feel like he would be because he's only in his, he's only in his third, uh, wait, his second or third year. Yeah, he's drafted yeah. in 2019. Yeah, so he's in his third year, but yeah, he probably would still be in his rookie contract then. So he surely Memphis, is looking for a big, big, big back. I, I think Memphis have salary space at the moment. I'm just. I would expect so. Yeah. I'm just looking they at the really numbers, right? Their biggest hmm. contract at the moment is Stephen Adams, who's got a 17 mil. Then you've got wow. Dylan Brooks at 12, and Kyle Anderson at nine. Jaron Jackson mm. at nine, Tyus Jones at nine, 
DeAnthony Melton at eight, Ja Morant at nine, and then everyone else is like in the one to six range. There's a lot of there's I mean, a lot of ones, fours, two like that's not that crazy to because I mean if you look at their lineup, they have a lot of guys who have kind of just really thrived and flourished and grown. I think they they weren't guys that you'd sign on a big contract to start with. So I feel like a lot of these contracts might be undervalued in the way they're playing now. But that raises a great point because I'm looking at their team as it is looking strong. Could they add someone and that's, make this even more deadly? That's, that's exactly what I was looking at. I was like, can, can yeah. they? Do they have space for for someone else? And the answer is, I think they do. That's terrifying. Because I mean, even the other teams around them who they're kind of keeping up with. Look at the Warriors. Look at the Suns and Jazz. They've got these guys on big contracts. They have a little wiggle room maybe in their bench department, but certainly no big signings. But the Grizzlies could pull that off and really shake things up. I mean, if we're looking at who's available, uh, I mean, Pacers, obviously we've had talks about about them dropping some players, maybe if they could pick up. Honestly, if they could pick up someone like Levert, because I think they've probably already got a fair few bigs at her, so bonus would be the perfect fit. But even like someone like Levert or something, like, they could honestly uh, make their team even more. Yep. No, they they definitely have space because I'm looking at the Golden State Warriors, right? So mm. Steph is on 45 million. Draymond Green mm. is on 24 million. Um, mm. You've got Clay at 37 million and Andrew Wiggins at 31 million. And then, that's almost their whole team, just in like four guys. <laughs> yeah. And then you have uh, Jonathan. Kaminga, is that how I say it? Kaminga, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, at five. Uh, mm. And then everyone else is pretty much one or two million. Oh, and you've got James Wiseman on nine as well. But everyone else outside mm. of that is pretty much on a, a vet min, it looks like. One or two million mm. a year. So, and I know... To make those big tracks work. I know that Golden State are in the luxury tax. Oh, yeah. There would so, be. But so that's just the eye, like just for the eye test. Again, we're not really crunching numbers. We're not here to do a math, mm. a math uh, class or anything. But just with the eye test, uh, I think that the Grizzlies have um, have space to make some moves if they want to, and that is scary. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I mean teams, I think, starting to take them really seriously now. Uh, maybe that can draw a little bit of interest from some guys who might be looking to move out of their teams too. What so. If- what if, Harden, see. what if Harden walks next year and then signs with Memphis? I'd, I'd kind of love that. I mean, being a little bit of a Grizzlies fan for a while now, I think it, the whole beard aesthetic really fits in with the grit, Grizzlies grit and grind. <laughs> and I think that could be, honestly, the best backcourt in the league with Jar and Harden. You could call them Jarden as their, as their backcourt name. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, but, yeah, that would that'd be terrifying. That would be very cool. That would be very scary. And the the thing with the West is, outside of, like, Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz, the rest of the West Mm. isn't really lighting me up that much. Like, Mavs are just doing okay. Yeah, I mean, compared to, like, the East 2, really, I think there's a lot of potential for teams jumping around. If you look at the games behind, some teams are tied or only one or two. The The East has got a little bit more of a lock of those guys in front, but I do want to shout out quickly two teams real quick. Because the Mavericks have been on a bit of a tear too, silently, kind of uh, yes, copying the Grizzlies a little bit. They've gone nine and one in their last ten, and I wouldn't have expected Dallas. that. Yeah, <laughs> but I wouldn't have expected that because Luca. I mean, Luca's Luca, but I haven't seen him looking as good this year. I mean, he's one of the lowest efficiency three-point shooters. He's averaging decent stats. I mean, eight, eight, and 
in eight and eight. I so I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but it's regular season, and I mm. don't think this. Like, yes, they're nine and one for the last ten games. They've, you know, they've, but it's like mm. they've beaten the Thunder, the Magic, the Rockets. Okay, and they've, they've beaten the Warriors, a, but but they have had a bit of an easy uh, last few games, I suppose. They have beaten the Grizzlies. And but, the Bulls, like the, I mean, the, the three good teams that they've beaten are the Grizzlies, Bulls, and Warriors. Yeah, so I mean they haven't had the toughest of schedules, and I think you're right. I mean playoffs is another thing. Luca does tend to pop off a bit, but they haven't really got the full roster. It's just I think Luka. they're missing a few guys like Kleber is gone, and even KP, he's only on restricted minutes at the moment. So it really is Luca just kind of dragging the team on his back at this Luka. point. Yeah. The Mavs are gonna play really well in the the regular season. They're gonna get to playoffs, and then the unicorn Kristaps Porzingis will get hurt, like he always does every single playoffs. And then it will just be Luca trying to carry them again, and he can't do it all on his own. Thank you. Mm. See you next year, Dallas. <laughs> but at least they have kind of moved up a bit to at least seal more of a playoff spot. I but know. I want to talk about someone who's on the edge on because the edge of glory. On the edge of glory, because the Timberwolves, who I love to see this, because the Timberwolves, for reference, when I started watching the NBA, uh, 2011-ish, they were like the bottom of the league for multiple years, absolute garbage, and I feel like their rebuild has been so slow. Like they they drafted Cat, who was really like their their I guess centerpiece, and then they they just kind of have been taking their time, not really finding good good fits, but. They've moved themselves up to seventh now. They're ahead of both LA teams, which I don't think I'd, I'd be expecting coming into this season. I don't think I'd be saying the Timberwolves are ahead of both the Lakers and the Clippers. But anyway, I digress. No. Uh, but honestly, Cat, Ant Edwards, and D'Angelo, th- that's a pretty big, good big three, and I don't think we talk about them enough. Because, I mean, obviously there are a lot of big threes now. It's kind of like the, the fashionable thing to do in the league. Yeah. But this big three, I think at one point when they were on a winning streak, they were the most efficient like starting... I think it's either starting lineup or starting big three in the entire league. And they, these dudes, I think, need a little bit more respect because, I mean, Cat's averaging about, oh, what, 24, almost 25 points a game, almost double-double numbers. He got nine rebounds. Ant Edwards, in only his second season, has bumped himself up to 22 points a game. And D'Angelo's on 18. Like, this is a scary offensive lineup. I think That's... defensively, maybe not quite there. I, I but think, honestly... Well, look, it's definitely... Hmm. Look, I'll agree with you. It's definitely a fun three... I'm not mm. sure if I'm going to give them the status yet of a big three, but... Okay. <laughs> look, they're good. It's just a fun three. <laughs> it's a fun three. Because the problem is, mm. is that they're still not... Like, they're a bit... Like, okay, cool. We can call them a big three, but this big three doesn't win you games enough. Hmm. That's, that's the mean, reality. They are only sitting at 500, so they're, they're, they've lost as much as they've, uh, as they've won. But I'm going to, this is a little bit of a big call, but I'm, I'm ready, ready to say it only halfway through the season. I reckon they're going to make playoffs. They're somehow going to sneak in, and I think they're going to do better than we think because I think they do have multiple scoring options that, honestly, I, I think they'd be okay because they've got vets like Pat Beverly and stuff <laughs> to really give that team a little bit of, don't get me wrong, I don't like Pat Bev, but for playoff experience, a little bit more, a little bit more hustle for some of these young guys who might not, really have the experience or anything i reckon they could be i mean this we're meant to be here for bold takes right <laughs> yeah, i think yeah. they could be an okay playoff team i'll say that much <laughs> so I'll give, you, I'll give you a yes to the first part i think the timberwolves absolutely have a chance of making the playoffs literally mm-hmm. because everyone else underneath them is dead trash 
<laughs> like yeah, the Clippers. I mean, that is part of it. Like yeah. okay, let's run through this real quickly. Houston Rockets mm. rebuilding. OKC don't know what they're doing. New Orleans Pelicans don't have Zion. Uh, San Antonio Spurs. I think they're rebuilding. I don't know. Um, the Kings. Yeah. They're trying to blow it up again. Portland Trailblazers don't have Dame. LA Clippers don't have mm-hmm. Kawhi or Paul George, who might be out for the whole season now. Mm. That's ninth. And then underneath them, they've got eighth, which is the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, the LA we'll Retirement talk- Homes. So, yeah, yeah. We'll t- yeah, we'll talk a bit more about them later. And then you've got the Timberwolves in seventh, and they've got Nuggets, Mavs on top, which honestly, I could see the Timberwolves quite easily. When you read it like that, honestly, the Timberwolves should get seventh or eighth. As long as everyone stays healthy, they don't have an excuse why they shouldn't get seventh or eighth. The yeah, the bad. problem the problem with this team is that they have good players, but they don't know how to finish games. Mm, yeah, that is true. They throw a lot. They're not consistent. I don't want to be again. I think I've said this. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. The three, like you know, Russell, Carl Anthony Towns, and uh, Anthony Edwards. It's a great duo. A duo trio. I'm mm. excited to see where they grow. But, you know, yes, look, Patrick Beverly's got some experience, but he's averaging nine points a game. Mm. It's not going to do much for you. That's a fair rebuttal. Might, I, I think we'll wait and see. He I might think piss they might off the other team, us, but... if anything, and then... <laughs> or injure their best player. Um, yeah. Which honestly could be, could be a yeah. good segue into, you're paying for example, him... when he injured Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're paying Pat Bev $14 million a year. That's a bit too much. Sorry, his salary is fourteen million. I don't know how like, how many years that split over, but that's a lot. Mm. It's like that's fair. The fourth highest salary. And he gets mm. you nine points. But I guess what is interesting though is that yeah, you've got the West who were looking kind of competitive throughout early in the season almost. Now it's kind of up to the point now where we can really see those playoff teams and those who are not going to make it. But the East is still. I reckon still very much within grasp for a lot of teams. I mean, Atlanta Knicks still East, down a little bit, but hundred percent is up for anyone. Yeah, East is the conference to watch at the moment. Yeah, definitely. There's potential but, yeah. for a lot of movement when we get close to the playoffs. Whereas, like Western Conference, you could almost just be like, "Done, lock it in. That's that's all you're <laughs> gonna have." The the mm. only real place where movement could happen is pretty much Clippers are on the cusp. And everyone else yep, after that depends on injuries and whatnot. So after that, I mean, even, yeah, I mean, even the Blazers could uh, maybe yeah. if the Kings get back together, but yeah, probably not. But yeah. it's almost a lock for for the West. Yeah. So. Whereas East could really go anyway. But let's mm. let's have a chat. Is it time? So hot, alucinante como el picante. It's Harry's hot sauce. Spicy. It's time for the spice. Now, as I've mentioned, today's episode is called A Small Town Russ in a Big City. Because Russ is... Russell Westbrook, I, I, wanna, I want it to be known. I like Russell Westbrook when he doesn't shoot threes and when he plays a more of a, you know, hat slash into the... Is that is that is that a slashing? Is Russell Westbrook a slasher? Is that the right term? I don't know what a slasher yeah, he is. He could have been. I mean, in his Rockets, Rockets days, maybe. Uh... Yes, I liked I liked the Westbrook where he slashed around for the Rockets and then popped it out to the three, and then you surround him with three point shooters. 
I like yeah. I like that strat. Current strats mm. aren't working for him. But I want to have mm. a discussion because obviously the Lakers are probably the biggest mm. team in the league at the moment when it comes to attention. Like I know that the New York Knicks are up there, but they've sucked since forever. So like they get a lot of attention, but they don't get like proper pressure because they suck. Yeah. <laughs> most most of the time. It's mixed it this year, but yeah, most of the time, yeah, New York Knicks get a lot of attention, but they're trash. So but the Lakers mm. have been, you know, up the top the last couple of years. And I wanted to discuss with you does being a Laker um put too much pressure on is it too much pressure is there too much scrutiny by the fans and the media mm. one one thousand percent i would 100 percent agree with that because i mean you pro- probably get more into it but just looking at the past it's not just westbrook in his defense it's not just him yes looking yes. at the past players they've had Which... and the pressure that's been on them and then where they've gone after which will thrive so we'll discuss yep. that in a moment so let's look let's talk about westbrook mm. first though Westbrook is has pretty much like you can go watch like I was watching Westbrook's like greatest fails a video from like five years ago when he was still at OKC and he still pretty much does the same sort of turnovers that he's doing in LA that's Mm. that I think the thing I'm trying to make is that LA knew like they're getting the exact like they the rust they are getting is the same rust that's been playing in this league for the last 10 years or eight years however long he's been in this league that can't expect him to change what what he's doing in LA is not different to what he's done in his other teams but Mm. I suspect well I don't suspect it's a fact is that you know when he was on OKC he was a big fish in a small pond and yeah and it was a big fish in a small pond with a small media. Same thing in Rockets. He got a bit more, a bit more of a, you know, a bit mm. more of a media presence. But James Harden was the man there, so he was sort of second fiddle. wasn't getting as much attention. It's more on yep. James Harden. And in the Wizards, well, yeah, of course the Wizards. No one was going to really pay attention to him. And if anything, maybe the Lakers didn't pay attention to him properly because yeah, he had some good games in the Wizards, but there was also some pretty rubbish days as well really mm. rubbish days and the lakers are getting from russ exactly what russ does yeah he's an I will average make one, one counterpoint because i feel like definitely we've reached the point where early in the season people had some hope they're like oh yes russ plus lebron plus ad that's going to be a crazy big three and it's really not panned out that way but in his defense i honestly was on under the assumption that yeah he's a bit bit too heavy on the uh, stat stuffing, kind of triple-double hunting, uh, way too many turnovers. But looking at the, like, the straight numbers side, whenever he's getting triple double which makes sense, whenever he's getting triple-doubles, the, the team's definitely winning at a much higher percentage. I think it's like 70% higher. So it's not like his stats are empty. When he does get his triple-double, I mean, it is going well. Uh, I think, and I think it's maybe more on the turnover side, but even when he's getting turnovers, it isn't impacting as much as you would think. So I think there's a little bit, a little oh, bit too much stigma oh, of, of him. Oh, I will I will show you the analysis. I will oh, bring it up for next episode if we need to. Oh, but look, you, honestly, you would so, be surprised. Yeah. So, here, surprised. so here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Um, obviously, his stats are, like are okay. Like he's an average all star. Like he's mm. always going to get those sort of numbers. He's the number two option at the moment. But 
the the psychological impact that Russ is having on the Lakers, you can watch games where he does that silly drive into the middle, jumps up, doesn't actually know where he's going to throw the ball, but he's too it's too late. He's committed to jumping and throwing the ball somewhere, and then he'll throw it into the stands to nobody, yep. and you should just see the team droop. Like, you can just gonna see <laughs> Russ oh, no. just destroy the energy of the Lakers. And that's part of a Lakers problem. I was going to say that's, yeah, like outside of stats, I think that's probably more of the problem. Not only like the impact on the team psychologically, but then, like you said, the pressure of that city. Uh, I think even if we have, even if we had the stats to to show, I think, yeah, beyond the actual playtime, I think on the court, his his psychological impact. And I think just the hype too. Because everyone gets so hype over the LA team as well, and then the disappointment. There's a lot of of chat. Look, here's the thing. Statistically, Mm. yeah, Russ is okay, but the Lakers Mm. need more than just okay. They don't don't have the firepower for just okay. They don't have enough good shooters and defenders to have Russ and LeBron averaging like 8 to 10 turnovers a game. They don't... That's mm. that's twenty points. If that's they true. if if they score off all ten buckets of the turnovers, that's twenty points. And then if you take into account the poor shooting that Russ does, ha- mm. <laughs> I think I need to I need to see if there's a stat. But there's a there's a thing going where every time Russ bricks a shot, that's a free two pointer for the other team because they score. <laughs> They score a lot of Russ's bricks because transition defense yeah. is not a Lakers strong point. So I yeah. I disagree. One with other you. thing too is that is that when I do, uh, will I will find the link. Maybe we'll put it in the uh, YouTube description. But uh, the anal- analysis of his stats, which I was very surprised, he actually did contribute even with all his downsides. It has actually taken a dip on the Lakers because we haven't had as much of a season to analyze. So I think. If we can update it on those stats, I think it would see a dip. And really, the only difference, like you said, he's still playing the same way. The only difference is the city. So I yes, think you're bang on much. saying like the attention because yeah. he could kind of like take his bad shots, get his turnovers. People wouldn't care quite as much, but yeah. then get his good points. Whereas now, he, like people are seeing this, he's in this, he's in the highlights like every single day. The magnifying glass is here. Precisely. Yeah. And so yeah, I think that's counteracted his winning, yes. uh, winning effort. So. Yeah. Russ is, look, we've, yeah, we've discussed Russ. He's doing exactly what he's going to do. AD has been playing, like, terribly as well. So the Lakers mm. have kind of dug their own grave. But let's talk about some of the other talent. Mm. So, yeah, so part of part of the issue of being a Laker is just the, the huge pressure, the scrutiny. But mm-hmm. also, like, the Lakers, I think from a coaching perspective, need, need something needs to change. Because when, when I read mm. you this list, the amount of, talent that has gone on to other places and developed into good players is just it's a pretty long it's it's a pretty big li- like maybe not a long list but the people on here are, pr- are pretty big and i know that lakers mm. are in that sort of win now mentality but you've got to think like surely they could have uh, obviously it's easy to go like looking back but there's a lot of talent here let me read you the list uh mm. lonzo ball brandon ingram Julius Randle, Josh Hart, D'Angelo Russell, Jordan Clarkson, Kyle Kuzma, and Alex Caruso. 
It's actually funny because you forget about some of those guys like D'Lo and Jordan Clarkson and stuff. I mean, like Six Man of the Year, stuff like that. And I mean, yeah, even Randall, like, yeah, I think they, they had that patch because obviously they've been a pretty consistent playoff team. They had that patch where they, yeah, pretty much got all these prospects. And yeah, that whole list, none of them stayed with the team or panned out. And then they've gone on to actually have pretty good careers outside of the Lakers. Yeah. That's, that's really, really like sad. Ingram's... And then they, they really only made it back to the playoffs and got their ring in 2020 when they just pretty much signed AD, signed LeBron, signed big guys on the lure of LA. But there's no player development in terms like, of like actually bringing up players in their own organization. The... The only tradable asset they have, which is uh, Horton Tucker, apparently he's on the trading block. They're going to move him for something to win now. and That's crazy. They're going to have nothing. Like, well, who are they going to sign next year? No one wants to play for them. That's crazy because he's one of the few, like, young prospect kind of players that are left on the team. They... The whole team is just guys that they've brought in, mostly on LeBron's whim, I suppose. But uh, on, that's actually so on sad. On They kept Horton Tucker over Caruso and now they're trading Horton Tucker and Caruso is <sighs> in a number one seeded team. Yeah. Lonzo I mean, Ball in a number one seeded team. Brandon Ingram, number one scorer doing honestly some pretty great numbers on the Pelicans. Julius Randle, yeah. we've, we've discussed him, had a pretty okay, good year last star. year, not as good this year, but still pretty good player. Mm. D'Angelo Russell playing well for the, uh, for the, the, the Wolves. Uh, mm. Jordan Clarkson, sixth man of the year. Kyle Kuzma is taking... Uh, he's like a number three option on Wizards now. Like He is really oh, yeah. stepping up and oh. making some big moves for the Wizards. Like uh, Any mm. of these people would make a difference for the Lakers right now. Any of these people. Yeah. But instead... I mean, but here's the thing as well, right? I feel like a lot of the blame is being thrown at like Frank Vogel, thrown at like, the coach. Oh, it's like LeBron's it's fault. Mo- yeah, it's more like, a, I mean, I don't know exactly how much influence, but I feel like, yeah, he's obviously on the court. He makes a good impact, but off the court, I think it's questionable decisions. I think some point oh, you've got to leave it to the someone, GM. Someone sort of told LeBron that signing Russ was the worst idea he's ever had. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm. But I think, and but I think yeah. it's also like the pressure to win. Like the Lakers have mm. all this pressure to win because they're talked about so often. And I think it's just getting to some people's heads. Like, mm. The I think and I mean on top of that their their playoff consistency too like the fans expect a lot and to be fair they've they've been a very solid team for so many years but even that like what was it four or maybe five years tops where they were rebuilding just so much so much pressure put on them to just kind of speed back, yeah. things up yeah and now they're I, mean, gonna... I think they need to sit down and take the time but the fans won't want that. And they're going to suck. I'm calling it now. They're going to, you know, once they, uh, once the, look, this window is about to close, this LeBron mm. window. They've got a year or two left, maybe three. And then they're going to, they're going to have tank commander Anthony Davis because <laughs> they haven't got nothing. It's going to be very much like the Pelicans. It's going to be like the Pelicans with AD, AD on and there. <laughs> even when they tank, they don't own any, any of their picks. Yeah, that's the thing because they've gone all in. I mean, to their credit, they did ring, uh, win a ring, which I mean, not many teams can do. But I know that's they're, like not, the... they're not consistently good season season. No, they've won. Like, I hope that one ring was worth it because that's all they're going to get in the next eight years. <laughs> yeah, I, it's going to be a at, at this stage. Grind. They're capped out. They have no flexibility. 
I don't see that. Mm. I don't see like they they gave up Alex Caruso because they didn't want to go into the luxury tax. Um, mm. right, yeah, it's going to be Tank Commander AD and and Russell Westbrook. I'm calling it now. <laughs> All aboard! Choo oh, choo! So that's the Spotify version of the podcast. Please like, subscribe, tell your mum gotta stop saying follow that. us do all that good stuff <laughs> gonna have the biggest following of mums in there the yeah i know right we just want all the mums <laughs> to follow us so oh. thanks for listening uh and go over to our youtube channel if you want to hear a little bit more peace uh, see ya